What if real meat could be produced without the need for animal farming and the environmental degradation and animal cruelty that can be involved with that? What if all people in all lands could access a sufficient supply of meat produced in their own local neighbourhoods, regardless of climate conditions and the presence or absence of fertile land? It sounds like the stuff of science fiction, but it may be a possibility, thanks to the emerging science of cell agriculture. Today's guest is Vanessa Haley Benjamin, a marine biologist from the Bahamas, who is researching cell agriculture in alliance with the cell agriculture company, New Harvest. New Harvest and other cell agriculture companies are working toward developing ways of growing beef, milk, eggs, and other animal products in laboratories using stem cells, rather than harvesting from animals. But Vanessa wants to take that one step further by developing a way to grow ocean mollusk meat that would normally come from shellfish, oysters, conch, and abalone. This episode will be an introduction to the emerging science of cell agriculture. We'll find out how it will affect our daily lives and the environment in the coming years. Vanessa Haley Benjamin, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. Thank you. So what led you to a career in cell agriculture? So my background, as you said in the opening, um, I have 20 years experience in the conservation field in the Bahamas. I am a marine biologist. And so that gave me a different perspective on everything, watching the scientific reports that come out that continuously show the decline of some of our important marine species that we depend on. And for the Bahamas, it was the conch. Um, I remember in the local newspaper in January, it was in 2019, um, the headline read, conch may be wiped out in 10 to 15 years. And this was a... uh, scientific report done for the Bahamas, but it's something that, you know, as a marine biologist, we've known for some time. But Kung is a cultural icon. I mean, it's one of the most vital fisheries in the Bahamas, contributing as much as $3.8 million annually to the economy. Um, It supplies export markets, domestic markets. I mean, it's essentially a staple in the Bahamian diet and a cultural icon. And I thought, Wow, you know, despite efforts in having a conch farm to raise these conch, despite strengthening regulations to protect them, um, they're still declining. And I guess this is the story yeah. for many fisheries, right? Not just yeah. conch, but I wanted to think outside of the box using my marine biology background and my love for cellular biology. And I remember seeing a National Geographic article that talked about Mark Post. $300,000 burger. And I was like, $300,000? So it, it, it really caught my attention. And this is where I first got introduced to cellular agriculture. And I said, well, if we can do it for beef, surely we can do it for seafood. And um, I started to explore that possibility from there. So I really see cellular conservation, I mean, cellular agriculture as another tool in the toolbox for ocean sustainability and conservation. Oh, that's very cool. Do you and your fellow researchers in the field of cell ag expect the new technology to make food more accessible to people living in developing countries or in places that lack fertile farmland? I surely hope so. I mean, um, in my opinion, with global population expected to increase by 3.5 million people by the end of this century, um, and with increased ocean pollution and continued decline of global fisheries, I guess the question I have is, will we be able to meet the world's food needs? So it it goes beyond developing countries, but it's about 
feeding humanity. And I do look at it as that. So um, in addition to making existing agricultural or existing fishing practices more sustainable, we have to also look for innovative, sustainable solutions to just simply feed ourselves. Yeah. What would a change to sell agriculture as a food source do for the planet in terms of buffering against uh, the ecological crisis? Yeah, so it's, it's finally that you, you have this question because there is a recent, um, two recent studies that came out from Dutch consultant CE Delft. And this study was done in conjunction with the Good Food Institute, which is another nonprofit that promotes cellular agriculture. Um, but the data they collected was from 16 companies active in the field. And they wanted to look at the environmental impact of cell cultured meat because we do have to, we do have to think about that. Um, the environmental impact, of course, uh, in the production of cell-based meat, it actually produces and uses a lot of, I should say, use a lot of electricity in the production of the meat. Right. And this study said that if renewable energy is to be used to power cell cultured meat production, this can reduce global warming impacts by 17%, 52%, and 85 to 92% compared to conventional chicken, pork, and beef production, respectively. Wow. So let me say that again. Yeah. <laughs> so in terms of when you look at pork, yeah. um, if we use renewable energy to produce cell cultured meat, that can produce global, reduce global warming impacts by 17% when we compare it to pork. Wow. When we compare it to beef, if we use renewable energy for cell-based meat production, that can reduce global warming impacts by 52%. And then when you wow. look at, um, well, sorry, beef, it's 85 to 92%. Yeah. Um, so it's, it has a significant reduction. And this is even compared to if production of, you know, conventional chicken, pork, and beef used yeah. um, renewable energy itself. And so when we look at land use, that's another impact. I mean, 60, it can reduce land use by 63% when you compare cell cultured chicken to conventional chicken. And as much as 95% if you compare cell cultured beef with conventional beef. So yeah. there's obviously a reduction, but there's, um, it's imperative, I think, for the industry to continuously evaluate the environmental impact of cell cultured meat as the industry surely evolves. Cool. I understand that New Harvest are already selling pet foods that contain meat grown from cells. Uh, what challenges do you face regarding applying that technology to growing mollusk tissue? Well, New Harvest is the uh, is a nonprofit, is an independent nonprofit research institute dedicated to advancing the field of cellular agriculture. So they themselves are not selling pet foods, but oh, uh, the okay. article that you're referring to, yeah, is about Bond Pet Foods, and the founder of Bond Pet Foods, um, with him and his wife turning vegan and realizing the the benefit in that, they then became concerned, um, you know, with what they were feeding their first pet. And um, they then employed the use of yeast to produce animal proteins, essentially to promote, you know, their pet's health. So I just wanted to, to clear that up. But yeah. in terms of um, challenges, well, my challenges are fundamental. I mean, here's what I'm talking about. I'm talking about taking cells from a mollusk shellfish and growing them in a controlled environment. And my challenge is just trying to mimic the internal environment that those cells would have been exposed to 
um, inside the animal itself. You're just doing that on the outside and you're regulating, you're trying to mimic those biological processes. And as you can imagine, that may be somewhat difficult. Um, and mollusks have been cultured for roughly 150 years for different reasons. And, you know, currently I'm just sifting through the literature to get as many clues as I can um, to ensure that, you know, my cells can, can, can grow and, and I can prolong their lifespan. Yeah. Well, that sounds interesting. <laughs> uh, will the quality of the meat be noticeably different to that of animal meat? Yeah. So this is certainly what we're seeing in the field now where we're getting more of a ground meat product. But um, ultimately, the end goal is to produce molluscan meat that is comparable or better in quality than its conventional counterpart. Um, with some cuts, let's say cell agriculture to produce steak, that's a little bit more complex because there's multiple different cells that make up that steak that you see. Oh, when you see the marbling, yeah, when you see the marbling through the, through the, through the steak, that's actually fat cells mixed with the muscle cells. So there's um, challenges with that. Um, but I have to emphasize that, you know, our oceans are polluted. Um, we're starting to see microplastics. Uh, by growing cell cultured seafood, we can actually control these conditions um, that the cells grow in. I think we can offer healthier, sustainable alternatives. Um, and overall, a better quality product in the future with our continued research. Okay. So uh, you've sort of answered my next question. I was just going to ask if um, <laughs> you think the, uh, the fears are well-founded regarding the health of meat that's been grown in a laboratory, but I, I would have guessed that uh, it would actually be safer to eat meat that was grown from a laboratory because less chance of disease, I would have thought, but... Yes, yes. I mean, that is one factor. Um, there are also other things in the production process that we have to think about as well. And, um, you know, when you talk about the regulatory body, um, but I have to say that New Harvest Institute has spent the last year collaborating with about 50 cultured meat and seafood companies to really unite the field around a shared understanding about the safety needs for cultured meat and seafood. Um, yes, it's a healthy environment, but we do have to ensure that every step along the way is healthy for the consumer. So the results of this study are in preprint and should soon um, be published with open access, but it is really to guide the industry. I think um, the industry understands that demonstrating safety and ensuring um, transparency is critical, critical Sorry for consumer acceptance and just broad distribution of the cultured meat and seafood. Yeah. Would you predict that ordinary animal farming will become obsolete in 10 years' time? Um, not quite 10 years. I mean, knowing our history with meat eating, I mean, over the past 50 years, meat production has more than tripled, right? Wow. Um, I don't see animal farming becoming obsolete in 10 years' time. I also don't see cellular agriculture as a way to completely displace animal farming either, because, you know, this is, this is a conversations that are, are taking place in the space. I mean, however, certainly 10 years from now, you know, and I keep stressing this point, Earth's ecosystems will have challenges sustaining ourselves. Um, and I think it is for this reason why we have to explore more ways um, to feed ourselves. 
So perhaps we produce food from multiple food systems, such as sustainable um, animal farming, aquaculture, plant-based food, um, which is another growing market, as well as cell-cultured meat and seafood. And are there legal barriers and industrial movements that will threaten the progress of cell agriculture? Yeah, so each country has its own um, unique regulatory path to follow with its own unique barriers and challenges. Um, But with respect to the industry, the main challenges are making cell cultured meat and seafood more affordable. I think that's one of the barriers. So scaling up production and bringing down the um, ingredient costs. So research is also crucial in advancing the field and funding can be a limiting factor um, to continuing discovery stage research. Yeah. How long will it be before we can expect to buy this animal-free meat from ordinary grocery stores? Well, guess what? Um, Cell-cultured chicken is already available in Singapore. Um, Yeah, after Eat Just, uh, that's the company, they're called Eat Just. Yep. They receive regulatory approval first in the world for a cell-cultured chicken nugget. nugget. Um, so I am absolutely confident that more companies will um, follow suit um, yep. in the coming year. So this is very exciting. Awesome. Have you tried the chicken nuggets? No, I, I, I want to. I yeah. haven't tried it yet. Yeah. Very interesting. Apparently, it's a, apparently, it's a hybrid between plant-based I think 30% is plant-based or something like that, and 70% is um, actual um, cells, chicken cells. Yeah, cool. Yeah. Okay. Uh, what can listeners do if they want to support cell agriculture research and progress? Yeah, for general information on cellular agriculture, uh, visit sites such as www.cell.ag and uh, www.whatiscultivatedmeat.com. So that'll give you just a general overview if you want to, oh, what is this? And this piques your interest. But certainly visit New Harvest, new-harvest.org, and stay current on the latest news. Um, If you are a potential funder, consider giving to New Harvest to continue to support the wonderful work and advancement of the field. My research is actually... um, funded by uh, New Harvest Institute. So I'm able to do this wonderful um, exploratory uh, research to advance this, this new field to help feed ourselves. That's great. Okay, well, thanks for coming on today. That was uh, really interesting. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Thanks. I'll put those links in the description for listeners. Great, great. Yes, that'll help a lot, you know, just to, I think awareness is very important. So any information and, you know, reputable information um, to keep current, because the field of the industry is, is moving and progressing really quickly. Yeah. Okay. Thanks for that. Mm-hmm. Bye now. Okay. Bye-bye.